Woke up this morning into my car to start my day. First stop is my buyer, who six months ago walked away. When I arrived, he treats me like a commodity. Give me a speck on his inner connect, he wants price and delivery. And if we're over $20, he tells me this business we're gonna lose. He's got a singing that old, don't know value. Record on his computer. Welcome, everybody, to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk value, 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 which is all about a customer's perceived outcomes. I'm your host, Mark Boundy, and today I am thrilled to have Carl Kwan. Carl is the owner and founder of Kwan Multimedia. He's been at that for coming up on two decades. Carl, welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Mark. Uh, I'm thrilled to have you. And so, you know, there's... I have a couple friends who are uh, evangelists for video in your marketing. Uh, you are certainly one of those. Tell us about the value of video uh, in presenting yourself and your business. Wow. Where do you even start with that kind of a question nowadays? It's pretty, you know, there's been such a huge shift towards video and people always think, oh, it's such a powerful tool. It's such a new thing. It's such a trendy thing, whatever. But then I always think of it in terms of, you know what, in the time that I've been alive, which is just over 50 years, video has always been around, right? We've always had video in some capacity. It has always been a part of our lives. It's always been valuable, as you can tell from the number of TV commercials we've always been inundated with over, over the years. And what's happened is this huge shift towards the sort of democratization of video where everyone now has the ability to create video. And as a business owner, that means that you now have this incredibly powerful tool that you can at any time start to implement. And so the value of video comes from just the ability to get the word out about what you do, who you are, and really personalize your message and your branding and everything else in a way that you just couldn't do 15, 20 years ago. And now you can. And so the value of it really is in the ability to use the tool. And if you use it well, holy smokes, the sky's the limit. And so my thought is that because it's a human being speaking to you, it's more personal. Uh, you can get a better emotional reaction. You get to read all of the body language of that person, at least from the armpits up. Um, and so it, it actually be it be, can become can become more convincing. That being said, I mean, and, and for those of you just listening, Carl's like, nodding his head violently. Um, and that being said, you can do it well or you can do it poorly. I, right? I would 100% agree with that. And there's a really interesting thing. People always, you know, you'll see videos nowadays where people will just say, oh, I'll just whip out my phone and just make something and put it on social media. I don't care because, you know, it's easy to do. And maybe the video isn't that great and they don't really care. And I always think, well, you know, would you really do that if you're going out to a business meeting? Would you not really prepare? Would you kind of show up to a meeting at a big client where you're supposed to be dressed up in a suit and tie and you show up in a ratty old pair of jeans and a, a t-shirt with, you know, Metallica strewn across it and it's all ripped up? Maybe you would, but it depends on who you're talking to. So there's that part of it as well, where sometimes I say to people, look, you know, if you really didn't do a good job of at least thinking about what that video should do for you and why you're putting it out there and what value you want to create with that, it's almost better not to put the video out there. Because sometimes I've seen it 
where the video actually does more harm than good because it really didn't do what it's supposed to do. And, you know, why spend that time and effort to, even though it's easy, as I mentioned earlier, it's so easy to do now, but you still want to do it the right way. Yeah, That's the thing. It, it's easy to dig yourself a deep hole. Um, right. I've watched some videos, uh, won't name his name, very famous public speaker. He makes his money on the speaking circuit, the analysis circuit. The Pentagon has him come in and give his analysis to them. Um, so, and he's one of these people that combines a bunch of disciplines into a, a more holistic thing. Um, and he's a really great, informal, kind of snarky public speaker. He says, he, you know, he's, he, I love the fact that he, he has a couple of snarky one-liners calling, um, you know, baby boomers and zoomers, you know, something. And um, so he comes up with a daily interview almost always while he's out on his exercise walk. So he's like, I'm in, I'm in Colorado today. I've got to speak in, you know, I got to speak in Colorado. So, and so he's walking in his exercise gear, but he's saying really intelligent stuff, really useful stuff, very insightful, but his persona is this informal approachable. He's got long hair and a beard, you know, when he's in front of an audience, he, he puts it into a man bun. Um, that works for him. But Absolutely. If, but if um, President Biden did that same kind of set, series of videos, um, it just wouldn't work. And yeah, it's definitely true. So, yeah. so I think how you do the video, the the what surrounds you in the video, has to kind of be part of your brand. You have to project your brand in your video, and it's amazing all of the small internal cues you give. So talk talk to us about that. Expound on that. I'm, I'm no video. I'm not the video expert you are, but that's what I gather. Now take it further and tell us what I didn't say. <laughs> well, first of all, I would love to see President Biden in a man bun. I'd be very <laughs> curious what he would look like in a man bun and a beard. I would imagine he'd be a bit wiser looking. Even I don't know. Maybe we'll, I'm curious to see what that would be like. But you're absolutely right in the fact that it does have to suit you. And what you mentioned about this particular individual. I think that works for him 100% and it works for his audience. The main thing is that he's able to create that connection with his audience. He knows who his audience is. He's very, very careful in terms of, okay, well, this is what I do. This is who I am. And he's not going to do something that is completely outside of that realm. For example, he's not going to be suddenly you know, talking about, I don't know, going to a sauna and enjoying that. It's, it's really focused in on what he, what he's specializing in and it's topic. And so when we talk about personalizing it, I think that's the biggest thing is that you're making that human connection. It's what you said earlier, you're making that human connection. And so for someone like the president, obviously, you know, he needs to connect with a much broader audience than what this other individual is who is connecting with. As an example, for you, you're typically connecting with other business owners, other entrepreneurs, you definitely have a certain persona that you want to present to them so that they will feel like you get who they are. So it's really that understanding of who it is you're talking to. And again, here's another thing too. One thing that people always wonder is, how long should I make these things? Can I just talk on forever? And you imagine someone who is really busy, if, for example, people that you work with, they're probably super busy. They don't wanna sit there listening to a huge, big, long thing. So what that person's doing, you mentioned earlier, they're giving short little, very valuable snippets, and that's some of the key part of it is that they're making it accessible and easily digestible for their audience. And again, what we're talking about here overall is value. They're offering that value 
which is what people are after. If they don't, if that person never delivered the value day after day, people would not want to watch that. Yeah. Um, thanks for bringing it back to value because your value, your persona is wrapped into your value. Your brand had better be wrapped in your value. Um, I've had this discussion with somebody that every aspect of what you do publicly has to synergize, has to link to each other. Uh, your personnel strategy has to sync with your retention strategy, has to sync with your differentiation, has to sync with your marketing. And uh, if you have all of this positioning, but you are a, you sell as a, one of those awful to work for, uh, churn the, um, churn miserable employees and go find more shops, you cannot also go out to the market and say, we value our customers and our stakeholders. It all implodes and it's really hard to make a, a good video content for the long time. And the smaller you are, the harder that gets. Um, so everything's got to be in sync. And that means you have to understand your value, understand your brand and put every video through a filter of, does this reinforce my brand? Oh, I had a really cool, clever thought that will make me seem real brilliant, but it has nothing to do with my business or my brand. Should I put that video out? Right. It's alignment, right? It's right. absolutely alignment, completely alignment. And that's the one thing that I noticed from just creating video since 2009 I started that YouTube channel of mine in 2009 and you know I recognize the importance of having everything in alignment because ultimately you want people to do business with you away from those videos those videos might be a gateway for them to either discover you get to know and like you and, and get to trust you and all those great things but ultimately you're gonna have to deal with them at some point and that's what you want as a business owner you're gonna want people to move off of just watching your videos and actually somehow engage with you and do business with you so if you've been offering value or presenting yourself in a certain way in your videos people have that impression of who you are who they think you are now if they actually deal with you and then everything else just shatters that persona that you've created you've just lost that person completely because you you know you've, you've completely taken them and what they've believed and just said, you know what? No, that's not who we are really. And imagine that it's like, you know, turning on the lights at the nightclub kind of thing, you know, you realize, oh my goodness, that's not who I thought you were kind of idea. So it's that whole, I don't want to say it's a danger because you can absolutely mitigate that. I know I have, I know that whenever people watch my videos and they meet me in person, typically the, the first thing they say is, oh my goodness, you're exactly like you are in your videos. And I think that speaks a lot to, again, just understanding who it is that I'm talking to, the value I bring, and to make sure that it's always aligned with who I who I really am. Yeah. Um, here's a question for you. You know that I'm starting another business, and I like to think of myself, and some of my close friends um, talk to me, and actually, it was, it's been a couple of years now since I was called a renaissance man who had a lot of interest in a lot of topics. But in my regular consulting business, that is detrimental to my brand. In this new mediocrities business, I'm interested in mediocrity in all of its forms and all the ways it rises up. So it actually harnesses that um, polyglot interest that I have in mediocrity. So I, I am struggling with my video content for my consulting being very focused on video and value or, or video around value, 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 pricing, selling value, pricing, selling, marketing value. And this um, more polyglot existence of mine, where I have many interests outside of that, that 
actually make me better at understanding value, but I can't talk about those discreetly or separately. So how do I build that wall between two businesses that um, could bleed into each other if not done carefully? You almost kind of answered the question yourself in a way, because you're already having this sort of conflict about, okay, do they actually match up? And I think you already kind of know the answers. They, they sort of do, but at the same time, there is that danger of alienating your main source of income. If people were to look at that and go, hang on a second, is that what Mark's all really all about? So I think that there is that sort of fine line you'll have to walk and you kind of, I think, already know the answer to that. But at the same time, you're like you said, you know, why can't I just say what I want and do what I want in this in this in this other sort of scenario or persona or world, so to speak? And the thing is, because everything is so connected nowadays, and because people will research you before they ever do business with you, once they see all this other stuff and they put the pieces of the puzzle together, that's going to be their overall impression of you. And so I always look at it in that sort of very more holistic way of, all right, well, sure, you can be interested in different areas, but once you sort of present yourself as a service provider, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, whatever it might be, and you're offering that to the world and you're making that public to everyone, who you are and what you do, again, it goes back to the alignment. Does sure. it all somewhat align? If it yeah. does, and you and you can answer that question, yep, it aligns, great. And yeah. if, it, if your best clients see the other stuff that you're doing and they're like, that's so cool. Mark is doing this as well. That makes me feel even better about doing business with him. Great. I think that is a winner there. I think you're on the right track. But if you ask yourself that question, you think, oh, you know what? Maybe they will not like that as much. Or if you ask them even like, hey, you know, I'm thinking of doing this. You know, what do you think? But I think it's just that understanding what it is that you're trying to do in terms of delivering value and do those things align together. And as long as they fall within the same category of the same value you're trying to provide, yeah. I don't think there's a problem with it. Yeah, the, I mean, the big thing is I want to provide an environment for many experts to showcase their expertise. I happen to bring one expertise in one area. And on that same multi-expert platform, I'm going to show off myself so that you can then come and see me individually about value and selling. That's kind of how I've processed it, but I've got to make it really clear and bright that people get how that relationship works because that. Uh, I, I explained it to you in 10 seconds, but it's got to come out for, off in three. Well, it's like, you know, like when Michael Jordan decided to go and play baseball, right? When you first retired and went and played baseball, you're kind of like, hang on a second. You know, I didn't even realize he played baseball in college, that he grew up playing baseball. I had no idea. But there was still that weird, like, oh, my God, he's riding a bus and playing baseball. He even made that commercial about it. And so there's whole, that whole thing. Obviously, Michael Jordan, so we will accept whatever he wants to do. But that was kind of the idea. It's like, hang on a second. Aren't you like, you know, what are you doing kind of thing, right? And so it was difficult for a lot of fans. I think people still loved him for what he did. But at the same time, we're kind of like, oh, that just kind of felt a little bit odd that he would suddenly go do this. Obviously, there's a, you know, per very personal reason for him doing so. But ultimately, he ended up going back to what he, you know, made his money off of. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember a lot of, you know, Michael, get back to your, don't, yeah, don't quit your day job. Um, right. <laughs> but it was his dream, right? And he said, he, he's, when he left, he said, if I don't do this, I'll always regret it. And I'm still young enough to give it a try. If it doesn't work, I don't have, I'll still be able to look at myself in the mirror. And that's, that's the really, that's the point of the exercise for me. 
Right, hundred percent, hundred percent. And it wasn't and like how many something... years later yeah. can I remember that? Right, right. Um, it... Yeah. So, so uh, back to you and and video. What does great video look like? And when do you need to? When can you do it yourself? And when do you really need to hire a professional? And what do you get when you hire a professional to help you? Those are great questions. Well, video used to be really easy to make because there really wasn't that level of knowledge and expertise from just anyone creating this type of online video. Back when I started making videos in 2009, it was literally like the wild, wild west of YouTube. You could make whatever you wanted. I mean, the very first YouTube video ever was, you know, the guy going to the zoo. I mean, you could do whatever you wanted. And they were like, well, who's going to watch this? Well, obviously now several billion people watch these things and like a, a billion watch hours every single day, apparently. So you think about, all right, well, you can make the videos yourself, but how long is it going to take you to learn how to make them? Because there are people nowadays who have spent years and years refining how they make videos. The accessibility of the tools is so much greater now. They have all these amazing tools, cameras, lights, microphones, whatever, to make their videos really stand out. And so as a business owner, is that something you're really going to take the time to invest in? Rather than, all right, well, if I just pay someone who already knows how to do this really well, and makes it all easy for me and all I need to do is provide that person with what I need to say or even better working with a video marketing person like myself and we'll actually help you figure out what to say as well. Well, then the videos will be created for you. They'll look great. They'll sound fantastic and you'll get to do what you're supposed to be doing in your business. Now, there is still room for DIY because People will still want to do it. We are, you know, uh, North Americans, we're all a nation of DIYers, right? I mean, we love figuring it out ourselves and doing this ourselves. So I think it's just that matter of figuring out, all right, is this really worth my time? Am I going to really get anything out of making these videos myself? One great thing about making them yourself, though, is realizing that I can only do so much. I only I know so much about it now that I can at least tell someone what I like and what I don't like. So yeah. I think that ultimately you're your goal should be that these videos that you start creating work so well for you that you do have to find someone else to take over for you. Yeah. I do have clients who are incredibly busy. They've been wanting to make videos forever, but they just never do it because they're too busy doing what they're supposed to be doing. So they bring me on to actually help them take care of that entire process. The videos get created. We, we batch film them, for example. We take a day, film four, five, six, seven, eight videos, and then they're done for like a month or two. So that then frees up that person to go back to doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is, of course, the topic of our entire podcast, which is providing the value they're supposed to be providing and letting me provide the value I'm supposed to be providing for them. Yeah, I, um, as you were talking, I thought back a couple of years ago, um, I hired a company to help me do the videos that are on my website, and there was a total of 10 of them. And the last one is one that, in retrospect, it almost would have been better as a DIY. I Somebody told me, you need to have a video right next to the contact me button saying, here's what's going to happen if you hit contact me. I'm not going to spam you. I'm going to try to get a hold of you once, maybe twice. Uh, if you, you know, if the comment section kind of warranted it. And after that, you're not on a spam list. So call me, I'm approachable. And that kind of thing in a DIY um, selfie mode actually makes you seem more approachable than the the highly professional produced video that I did produce. 
Right. Like, again, and it depends on having that knowledge of, okay, what is going to work at this particular time in that buying process, right? So it's understanding, again, your customer's buying journey, understanding the sales funnel process, whereabouts can I interject with videos that are a little bit different? So especially in that situation there, having a more personal, friendly, hey, it's just you and me. You know what? Hey, don't look at all the other stuff. It's just me, Mark. I'm just a regular guy who does this and, you know, don't worry. You know, I hate that kind of stuff too. And so actually on my website, I actually have something like that. So on my contact page, you'll actually see a little video and it's one of these ones where you just click on it and then right away it'll just show up and it'll just be a quick little message about, you know, let's talk type of thing. And it is very casual. And I do recognize that there is that intimidation factor if someone sees something too highly polished. But again, there's a time and place for that. Because for example, if you're offering a very high value product or service and your videos have very low production value throughout, I mean, you know, think about that. Is that the impression yeah. you want to give people? I wouldn't dream so, of but doing at certain that. Times, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't dream of right. doing that kind of stuff on the front end when I'm telling you about how I'm different, what I do, what you can accomplish when we work together. All right, here's the click me, relax. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's why, it's why even for myself, I always... For most business things, I always wear a suit. Very often, I wear because I have the, I have one I have one suit. I will admit I have one suit. It's is a is a blue suit, and I wear a black t shirt. That's my uniform, and white tennis tennis shoes. That that's my uniform, and so I wear that all the time. So for any kind of business dealing, that's what I always show up in. But I do sometimes, you know, take off the jacket, whatever, just to be a little more casual. Because sometimes you you need that. People need to see that you're actually an approachable person as well. Yeah. But you also don't want to shatter their image or impression of you either. So again, it's going back to that whole alignment with your values and making sure that everything still fits within what that person is expecting of you in order for them to maintain and really create a long-term relationship with you. Yeah, you, you really get it, Carl. You and I are very kindred spirits. How did you get to learn all this stuff? What's uh, Tell us about the background. I read a lot of your books. No, I'm just kidding. I read all your books. No, I read all your books, Mark. No. <laughs> no. So what I did was actually, so my background is in business. I actually, you know, studied business. That was kind of my whole thing. I was really also into the internet and online marketing and how do people make money from this thing? And I remember being, remember when LinkedIn first started up and I remember signing up for LinkedIn when it first started up, I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. People can actually connect this way. But how it all ended up starting was because of these videos I had to make in 2009 when I started my YouTube channel. I was working as an executive presentations coach over in South Korea as I lived there for 10 years. And that was one of the, my businesses over there was at this executive coaching business. And some really major international clients as well as some uh, major uh, local clients as well. And one of them was Korean Air. And so I started making the videos because of that. And from there, I started recognizing, all right, you know, I can make these videos. The YouTube channel was growing. I was getting business from the YouTube channel as well. And I started seeing how businesses were using videos. And I could see that the videos just really didn't communicate their value, didn't communicate any sort of good call to action. There was really nothing that I could look at this video and say, oh yeah, that works for your business. It might be entertaining, it might be interesting, and it might satisfy the ego of the CEO, but ultimately it didn't move the bar in terms of sales, revenue, branding, all the type of really, <laughs> the important things to keep the, to keep the lights on, yeah. those things didn't work. And so that was my frustration. And my 
whole thing my entire life has always been, how do I help other people? Because just being an immigrant and watching my parents struggle with the language of living in Canada, or whatever, it was really hard for them. And so I've always wanted to help other people, you know, reach new heights or be successful and overcome different challenges. And so, so I thought, you know what, there are a lot of businesses not getting the value they should be getting from using these videos. And because of the explosion, explosion of YouTube at the time, even I knew that YouTube was going to be huge, it just kept growing and growing that people needed to be on these platforms to know how to make videos. And because of my background as a presentations coach, I understood messaging. I understood what the goal of a presentation should be. I understood how to deliver that. And then also worked in TV and radio. So I knew about, okay, well, this is how you present yourself. This is how you should be speaking. So you should organize your thoughts. This is how you are professional and present yourself in a good way. And so combining that, and then I've you know, got a business degree as well. So I put all that stuff together and thought, this is how video marketing or video should be done if you are a business. You need to know who you're talking to, what you're trying to accomplish, what your business goals are, and then create value and information around that, and then present that to people. And of course, it takes a bit of time to get that going, but like any marketing effort does take time. So that's a very long-winded way to say that if, if I ever want to do this again, I would definitely again focus in on how do we provide the ultimate in value and really separate, use that to separate yourself from your competition. That's ultimately what is what we're trying to do. Yep. So, um, really quick, YouTube, Vimeo, or something else. Sure. Yeah. Well, YouTube is obviously the you know the OG. It's the big daddy. It's definitely the one that everyone needs to be on. If you're making any kind of video content, it needs to be on YouTube. And the main reason is because YouTube is the world's second largest search engine. It's obviously owned by Google. And the other great thing, and Vimeo is okay too. Vimeo is a very different type of platform. It's more for people who are creatives that just want to have a place to share something without the sort of noise of what YouTube is. There are you know, no cats on Roombas on Vimeo, for example. But on YouTube, the other great thing about it for businesses is that YouTube is actively trying to promote your content and trying to promote your business. They make money through advertising, as we all know, when we watch a YouTube videos, tons of advertising. So the more ads they can show, the more money they make. And what that means is that they are looking for your type of content. So if you have a YouTube channel or videos or about you know providing value or whatever your topic is, video marketing, whatever your topic is, YouTube is actively trying to help you get more people to watch your videos. So if you are trying to figure out, okay, should I use YouTube, should I use TikTok, all these things, use them based on, of course, where your audience is, but ultimately as a foundation, everything should be on YouTube, then you can sort of redistribute and repurpose for other platforms as necessary. But YouTube is the only one that'll pay you as well at some point. So once you reach that threshold of 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 watch hours, you'll get paid. And also for YouTube Shorts videos as well now, you'll get paid. Whereas on TikTok, other platforms, you don't get paid. So aside from that sort of benefit of getting money from that, which is, I think is not why you should be putting your videos onto YouTube, it's the fact that it is the most searchable. It'll create backlinks to your website, improving your SEO. And ultimately, it's the, it's the easier place to be found. And it's a great place to refer people as well. So if you have videos about value, whatever, you can just send people to a playlist. You'll be able to build up a lot more 
traction engagement with an audience and if youtube sees that there is that traction engagement with an audience they will recommend your videos more and more so and that's what they're doing now their algorithms have changed to wanting to recommend content instead of us uploaders trying to game the system by using all different types of you know interesting titles or clickbait or whatever youtube knows that they're you know they're pretty darn smart and so they are actually their algorithms have now tried to target creators and people who are making videos that are of value, of interest to a particular audience. So that was a very long-winded way to say you absolutely need to be on YouTube. Other things are great, but YouTube first and then repurpose for other platforms based on your audience. Cool. How do people get a hold of you if they want to uh, engage further and learn more and access a lot more of your wisdom and experience? Thank you. They can definitely come to the website, which is quanmultimedia.com. There, there will they can access uh, you know other sorts of content there. They can talk to me there again, touch me that way. If they want to connect with me on LinkedIn, just look me up on LinkedIn, Carl Kwan, and that would, those would be great. Super. All right. Well, Carl, thanks a lot for joining us on this episode of the Value Clarity Podcast. It's really been great. Thanks for having me. And thanks everybody for joining us on this episode. We remind you that value only exists in your customer's mind. Video is a great way to get it there. But remember that all of this is a lot more like brain surgery than you might've thought. Thanks and have a high value day. Well, it ain't easy because value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're gonna drive over you insane. And if you ignore your customer's outcomes, you're bound to be paying your dues because you'll be singing those old don't know value This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.